A convention is kind of defined by the fact that it is a multitude of things because you have, in the case of 2019, 2,800 people attending and they all have different reasons for being there. Some of them are only going to be in there for the seminars and to learn cool painting techniques from, you know, whichever guests we have. Like you, good sir. <laughs> and, and some of them are going to be there because they need their ITC points. So. Yep. You've got to really have a um, almost like an ecosystem that mm. you keep going. What does it take to organize and host a gaming convention for thousands of gamers? I sit down with Owen and Miranda from the Nova Open and talk about how they got started with conventions and what they do to make them happen. Stick around until the end to learn what they consider to be the keys to a convention success. Now, I'm teaching three seminars and running two games at Nova this year. You can see the schedule of my events and how to buy tickets to them in the show notes. Our supporters on Patreon make delivering this podcast and all of our videos on Twitch and YouTube possible. So a big thanks to some of our newest patrons. Mad Quacker, Zagrave, Nick Louie, Sledgent. Keller O'Leary, Robert Anthony, Peter Shepard, Jesse Miller, Tony Vicinda, and John Harper. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy my time with Miranda and Owen. Do you love to unplug and play games around the table? Greetings, friends and floorheads to Tabletop Talk from Third Floor Wars. If you love tabletop gaming, you are in the right place. Listen as Craig delivers in-depth discussions and interviews with game designers, creators, insiders, and experts. Learn from the people making and playing the role-playing, miniature, and board games you love. Howdy friends, Craig here. My guests today are two of the owners of the Nova Open. It's a gaming convention held annually in Washington, D.C., and it is coming up here at the end of August, beginning of September. Now, my first guest is Miranda Burke, who runs the Wargamer Girl YouTube channel and runs also the annual Wargaming retreat called Valhalla, which I have dreamed of sometime making it out to, but I have yet to. So, Miranda, welcome to the third floor. Well, thank you for having me. So, Miranda, unfortunately for you, Owen has been on the show before, so he's been through this. So I have to subject you to it. Um, one of the things that I love to hear when I talk to uh, guests is their origin story. So there was a day where you knew nothing about tabletop gaming, models and rolling dice. And then suddenly it was in front of you for the first time. Can we go back there? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, I grew up with brothers and we always were hostile to each other, a very competitive <laughs> environment with a lot of us and I mostly grew up playing lots and lots and lots of video games and so I was an adult like 20 or so before I actually learned about tabletop gaming um, I knew about RPGs and I thought that was cool and it was one of those things that my older brother got to play and specifically exclude me from so of course I wanted it even more <laughs> sure and then yeah I was uh, I was living in Oklahoma at the time and uh, games H game HQ in Oklahoma City actually introduced me to the world of tabletop um, I did Start a little bit on 40K, played some Sisters of Battle. Uh, it was like 5th edition 40K, and I just hated sweeping advance. It was just the worst mechanic I ever dealt with. And then I discovered War Machine and fell in love. And um, 
And that's that's when, like, after that, it kind of spiraled into a bunch of things, learning how to play, figuring out what battle reports were, saying, hey, I can do this, and, and it goes from there. So when you, you know, you, you start with Warhammer, right, and then you, you find Warmer Hordes, which ends up being, you know, something that obviously hooked you. What I'd be interested to know is now it's years later. Um, this has become a huge part of who you are and what you do and, you know, how you project yourself out into the world. When you look back at that moment now, do you have a sense of what it was that, that planted those initial seeds? Like, how did this hobby get its hooks into you? Um, probably from the competitive side. Like, I like the idea of competing against other people. It was, it's, it's a battle of wills and it's a battle of knowledge and it's a very even playing field where anybody can come to it. And, you know, it's, it ends up being this really kind of interesting exploration of, you know, quasi warfare, like the psychology of it, the mechanics of it. And, and then you have all the beautiful like models and terrain and it really kind of absorbs you into that world it's such an immersive environment much more so than you know not to shame anybody on the board gaming side because they're fine but it's just sort of a different environment you just really have this freeform nature to it that really makes it very appealing now how about the hobby side of it so obviously the competitive piece of it was attractive to you was the hobby part of it putting together the models building no, the models that's horrible that I, I hated painting <laughs> i hated it this is the worst experience i hated anything to do with hobbying i made other people put together my models i made other people paint my models for a long time it was just something i gave no craps about literally until covid like then i was like no well I'm stuck at home and then and and you know i tried i would paint some of my own stuff but it's just it just didn't click for me until like I kind of just had to do it enough where I didn't feel like I was awful at it. And then I'm like, right. oh, OK, this is fine, I guess. So, But, but and so it's tolerable at this point. But for you, it's not the centerpiece of, uh, of your enjoyment. You know, it's enjoyable at this point. But, it, you know, there's three major aspects to the tabletop hobby, right? There's the gameplay portion. There's the hobbying building portion. And then there's the lore portion. And so when you're feeling drained or burned out on one aspect of it, you kind of can go to either one of the others and it, and it builds you back up. So I got burned out on playing the game for a while, um, all of the games. Like it was just kind of exhausting to keep up with CID or the meta or whatever. And so it's like, OK, well, I can do the hobbying side and then, OK, you get bored with that. You do some lore stuff. So I, I feel like I'm a lot more balanced now in that regard. Now, at some point, you decided, okay, not only am I going to play, but I'm going to start creating content. I'm going to start making stuff. Um, when did you decide to to kind of, you know, start the YouTube channel and and do more than just play with friends? Uh, I guess I've been playing for like a year or so. Let me see. Oh, wow. When did that happen? No. No, I had I had started playing a little bit in Oklahoma, and then I had to put it down for a while because I worked two jobs for a long time. And then... Um, whenever I moved to New Mexico, I actually picked it up again. And so, yeah, I played through all of 2011 and, um, was looking up how to play online. And that's where I discovered Battle Reports Mini Wargaming was the one who got me introduced into that. And then, you know, I have filmmaking background uh, kind of like okay. I have, have the, I mean, my, uh, my husband is a, is a, a movie person and we have film equipment and we've you know done short films and all of that so we already knew like the audio visual part of it and was right. like oh man i bet we could do some cool stuff with this and that was really the idea of getting more into the 
so-called cinematic view of the battle reports, because, you know, we know that battle reports have a lot of different styles to them now. And um, and that's what made us lean into that more um, multi-camera, multi-angle one. Yeah, and, and it definitely goes the gamut uh, when it comes to battle reports. And I really think of the spectrum from watchable to unwatchable and we definitely know where your battle reports fall um <laughs> i'm the was, one with the most cuts usually <laughs> yeah, well, no it's enjoyable and, and the amount of time and effort that you guys put into your material is very obvious um so Appreciate hats that. off on that i've been a fan for a long time thank our, yeah thank you all right so now to talk to owen best who a lot of you have heard here on the show before owen best is the president of nova open tabletop wargaming convention and an avid malifaux player the planning a convention and a wedding can currently have uh, limited his table time. Who would have thought that's possible? Um, but uh, somehow you made time to come back on the show, Owen. So welcome back to the third floor. I will always make time for you, Craig. Oh, jeez. So, Owen, out of curiosity, I mean, we've all heard you. We, I think you've had to tell your origin story a few times on the show. So we'll skip that piece. Um, like what at what point did you decide, you know, so you like here's the progression I've seen, right? So I've known you. We've got to be coming on six, seven years now, at least, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's been a yeah. while. Yeah, and and you know you were always very avid, you know, active in the community. You were really a bit of a community organizer um, with your groups of friends. I remember one time I was driving back from Pennsylvania, swung by your place, and you had like a mini tournament going on in your in your apartment. Um, my first thing I want to know is when did you decide? You know, I think I want to do podcasting. So when did when did uh, the Capital City start to come together? Yeah, so so Jeff had started uh, doing a podcast, just a solo podcast um, called Son of a Breach. Um, and he put out a couple episodes. And this was, I guess. We start in the pandemic, I think we started before the pandemic, but like it was after third edition to come out. Um, you had been putting out a bunch of content around third edition. I'd come on the show and I was like, oh, this is pretty fun to like be on a show mm -hmm. uh, i'd never been on a podcast before um and jeff reached out and was like hey uh i like i've started doing some stuff but i think it'd be better to do as a group show why don't some of us guys that are in northern virginia area who play together a lot like why don't we just talk about malfo and talk about the competitive scene of malfo and we're like sure that sounds fun um i like all all credit to Jeff and really to anyone out there in the world who does the tedious and difficult work of editing. I know, Miranda, you do editing stuff like Craig, you do all your editing. Uh, I have had the great pleasure of just getting to show up and talk at these things and then be like, cool, that was fun. <laughs> and then the real work begins of making it sound good. Um, it's but, audio uh, yeah, sweetening it's, it's is a magical format. It is. Yeah, it is. And what's funny about it, and I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Miranda, is, but it's amazing how quickly you become an audio snob. Um, uh, has that happened to you? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know about like, that. No, I usually try asshole. to just, <laughs> no, I, just <laughs> I just try to get like weird room tones out and, you know, make make people's voice sound reasonably, you know, like nice, I yeah. guess, because sometimes you might not come off the way you I mean, we never sound the way on a recording that we think we sound in our head. Right. And so I just try to make it tolerable. But I've been doing it so long that I'm so desensitized to like my own <laughs> voice that it doesn't seem to mean much. 
I can understand that. So Owen, you've been doing the podcast for oh, well over a year now, right? Are you guys into your second year now? Uh, yeah, into the second year. What's um, the reality after two years? So what's what is it like now versus when you guys just got started? Uh, in terms of the like content creation itself, just in general, just, you just be, having general. done it now for a while. Yeah. So I think really the, um, the thing that's really changed has been being involved with Nova open for this last year, uh, which, yeah, that actually, that dates it because we had a ton of podcasts before that and we still had podcasts, but it's been a bit less cause it's been pretty busy. busy yeah. Um, so like we kind of went from having a lot of the, uh, the, uh, like during the pandemic, there's like not a lot going on. I mean, lots going on, but like not going anywhere. So it's perfect podcasting time. Um, so the other thing that changed is Herman had a baby. Uh, so he's been in, in baby land for, for quite some time. Um, we, we talked to him still, uh, but he's, uh, it's a little difficult to get it in touch with. But but the good part of that is that babies grow up and then we get them into gaming. So, That's like, true. it's just a matter of time. Um, slightly cheaper than drugs. Exactly. Yeah. It's only slightly. It's an argument to be made there, Miranda. <laughs> so, guys, the Insider Insight series is my opportunity to sit down with designers, developers, artists, writers, and creators and learn about how they approach their work. I try to understand their process, inspiration, and methods for crafting their creations. And that's what we're going to do with Owen and Miranda today. We've really never had anybody on that's actually pulling off what we love to do, which is get a bunch of gamers together and have a convention. So, Owen, I'm going to start with you and then um, uh, we'll, we'll move to Miranda. But, um, Owen, let's talk about for people that aren't familiar with the Nova Open. Can we give a little bit of the history where where it started? Yeah. So the Nova Open Tabletop Wargaming Convention uh, started in a very humble way. It was a barbecue like in a park, a 32 player 40K tournament raising money for charity. Uh, and, and that was it. It was it was like a one day thing. And folks were like, yeah, this is pretty fun. And it kind of snowballed from there. It then moved to a, a slightly bigger thing at the Dallas Expo Center. And then in uh, in 2010 or sorry, in 2011, it did its first year at the Hyatt in Crystal City, which is where anyone who's attended Nova anytime recently, that's that's where we are. So that's when I got involved. I did not realize at the time that it was the first year at that venue. I was like, oh, this is I'm just going to go to my first ever tournament. Um, at the time, I some of my college friends and I, we had dusted off some Warhammer models or a 40K models. We we're like, oh, what's what's 40K doing? Oh, there's a convention here. Let's take our miniatures and go to it. Like, what could go wrong? Um, so and was immediately hooked when they put out a call to like, hey, if you live in the area, we need help painting terrain at a terrain day. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I can do that nearby. And somehow many years later, I'm, I'm now the president of it, which is <laughs> which we'll, uh, we'll get wild. into that. Owen, but um, <laughs> it, it, the growth rate um, of it is interesting, especially when you start with just being a tournament. Right. Um, when, yeah. you know, was it really did it grow when you moved or did did they move because it grew? Do you have a sense of that? I don't 
I don't know much about the pre-Hyatt days. Gotcha. Um, I mean, obviously, they outgrew a park, like, immediately. Um, And then I think they just wanted to go to a venue that had a little bit better hotel, a little bit, like, just more space. The Dallas Expo Center, for anyone who's familiar with it, it's, I mean, it's fine, but it's basically just, like, a giant concrete room. Um, So they wanted to go to a more hotel space. Uh, So we... It took a while to grow to consume all the hotel. Like early on, I think in, I don't know, 20, 2013, maybe. <laughs> Time is a flat um, circle at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. But at, at one point, we did not have all the hotel and there was a wedding happening at the same time. No kidding. Um, and a, a guest of that wedding who had had a few, um, knocked over one of the display cabinets for the Capitol Palette painting competition. Oh, my goodness. Uh, at, like, two in the morning. And we're like, what? Like, it was a whole thing. I bet. Like, the police were called. Like, I mean, it was... It, everything ended up fine. The miniatures were repairable. Like, everyone was happy. Like, it worked out. But it was one of those, like... Oh no, this is this is wild. So that was the last year we had any other events happening concurrently. And we're yeah. like, all right, no, we need we need all the space. Um so yeah, it was it's it's been growing. And then in 2019, we pretty much maxed out this game space capacity. So for this year, um we've added space at the hotel across the street so we could add basically like increase the size of some of the events we have That's and great. add some more game systems. Now, Miranda, I remember seeing you a couple times as an attendee. I've been there and I remember you know, walking around going, hey, I know her. Um, <laughs> but when did you like first come across the Nova Open? So when did, did you first come as an attendee? Did you come yeah. to, as a presenter or? Uh, well, it was kind of quasi both. I was there with my friend Aaron with uh, Cool Guys Nation, who's also one of the Nova people. And um, he was there. I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. Time is just sort of this big mushy <laughs> thing now. And um, he was there to record some of the GT games, I want to say, for um, the narrative campaign. And I'm friends with Chris, also one of the owners, who provided all the terrain for the um, for the narrative. So that was super cool. So I kind of went as an attendee, but then I kind of had like a little bit of a backdoor access just because I was hanging out with people who were covering the event. So right. I got a little bit of both. It was really cool. I mean, I liked the different levels of the event of the uh, hotel so that was kind of fun although just as a quick side note because Owen you had mentioned your like first tournament and I guess was at Nova right can we just all share a little bit about what our first tournament experience was like because there's something magical about that I agree let's start with you I love that idea (laughs) so my first tournament was at 2013 Adepticon oh wow okay and I played in the hardcore for um for Warm Hordes and that was a one list 50 point thing before Mark III for the points expanded. And it was super exciting getting to just run around. Be, like, I realized that tournament people are surprisingly nice. And I don't know if they're just being nice to me. Like, maybe that's the case. But like, it was a really cool, fun event. I did not realize you stand for 12 hours straight, though. So there was that. And I remember when I left the tournament after the whole day, because, you know, you break for lunch, but then you come back, realizing that my entire sense of 
of understanding of the world had shifted. Like I was actually giving people an extra radius because I thought they might have an attack of opportunity range on me. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. You're lying. Go, can we measure that again? <laughs> you just are in that mode for so long. It changes. But I love tournaments, but my gosh, they, they do take up the day. So if you're going to go to a convention, you want to do the tournaments, you're in the GT, you're going to be in it for a minimum two days. Fine, whatever. But like, I don't recommend signing up for multiple tournaments. I don't think that that's bad advice. And, and I don't know how this is for you, Miranda. But what I also find is, you know, you've got the physical taxing nature of it, right? It's a it, it is it is a, a marathon of its own. But for me, too, especially with games like Malifaux that take a lot of thought, like I'm just mentally drained after playing three mm -hmm. or four games in a row. Um, and, you know, about the only thing I want to do is go to the top bar and, and sit and maybe have a few drinks and talk about stupid shit other than miniatures because you're just completely drained. And, um, you know, I've never played um, War Machine, but I know that's a, a hugely mentally taxing game as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. You have to memorize something. If you want to be in the top competitive, you have to memorize something like 13 rules interactions Unbelievable. on top of knowing your army wow. and then knowing everyone else's you fight and knowing the meta so I never got to that level because I have a life but <laughs> a lot of time it's, it is it's a lot of time and you know I'm in humble New Mexico we don't have a huge meta here and you know the guys are fine but you know it's just you've got to travel and, and really keep up with it and so I'm like okay well this does not need to be an actual job I just want to enjoy it that's my level of it and um, yeah, it, it is. It's super mentally. Um, but that's kind of part of the fun of it, I guess. Like you you get in there and you're exhausted and you're drained and you're tired from doing it all day. And then you're like, I can't wait to do this. Again I the tigers year. playing in the back of your head. <laughs> yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Now, Owen, were you after your first tournament? Were you like, this is it? I love doing this. Or did it take a couple for you for you to enjoy competitive miniatures? Oh, I, I really liked it. I mean, I, I didn't do well, but <laughs> it didn't matter. I, I like I got to move all my space Marines around the board and like see all these people and like just interact with all sorts of random folks and like getting to go with one of my local friends. We were able to like compare notes and like we sort of did roughly on par uh like placing wise and that really started me going to a bunch of tournaments We're like that's oh, cool let's go to other tournaments let's go play so like i did 40k for a while like i did adepticon team tournament for several years uh did battle for salvation like went down actually fun like super random fact my current my fiance for at least the next my current fiance so. as opposed to your previous one no no my, well, my, my, my soon-to-be wife uh is i actually went down um to north carolina where she was doing a documentary about women in gaming and so we went to a tournament down there and she was like shooting footage of like female gamers and players oh, that's uh, cool which was really cool um so like even she was involved yeah I've, I've been trying to get her to play malfo it she has she knows how to play she has played uh but she's like you miranda does not love the painting or the uh the hobby <laughs> aspect anyway Girls got better things to do. Yep. <laughs> you bet you losers. All right, so guys. So she's got you for Owen. 
Exactly. So, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back from this break, I want to talk about how they went from being attendees to now being owners of this Nova Open. We'll be right back. Are you a tabletop RPG player that is considering becoming a game master? Are you a veteran GM that is always looking for different ways to improve your games? GM Mastermind is an RPG podcast that tackles topics catering to the art of game mastering. But Craig, there are a lot of RPG podcasts that do that. Perhaps. The GM Mastermind has the brain trust. It's a guest panel made up of two to three game masters from different backgrounds and experiences that share their personal insights on a particular topic. This keeps the conversation fresh, diverse, and insightful from one episode to the next. So head over to gmmastermind.com or subscribe to GM Mastermind wherever you find your favorite podcasts. So you heard in the intros, um, we found out through the origin stories that they started off as players, but um, you heard their titles as I uh, was introducing them. So I guess, you know, the first thing to try to understand, um, and we'll start with you, Miranda, like, when did the possibility of you doing more than just attending and really become a bigger, a bigger part of this? When did that first come across your desk? Um, in the general gaming scene or for Nova? For Nova specifically. Well, um, someone had reached out to me, um, pointing out that this, this might come up as a, you know, Nova might end up going up for sale just because of Michael Brandt, um, moving on, which totally good for him. Right. I mean, he'd kind of built up that whole thing and then, and then you go on. Right. And so it kind of opened the possibilities up to, um, to being part of a group of people to, to take like a larger stake, I guess, ownership in, in a convention. I mean, to compare it to something like Valhalla, where you have a maximum attendance of 50 to 60 people, this is, what, 2,800 attendees in 2019? It's definitely a different scale. But there's always, like, some of the same stresses that come with it, like wanting to make sure, like, kind of feeling a weird responsibility for everyone's personal enjoyment of the well, event. You're, you're a big host is what you're doing. Right. And so you want to make sure that everyone at least has the opportunity to, to have a good time. Like you can't make anybody do anything, but you want to make sure that they also aren't specifically excluded from it. So. Um, so, yeah, it, it seemed like a really appealing thing, an opportunity to learn from a bunch of other business owners um, and be part of a convention that does seem to hold like a place in a lot of people's hearts. It, it's got a good location for part of the country because, you know, sometimes you just can go to the convention that's closest to you. This one is freaking far from me, but that's <laughs> fine. I can I can I at least can offer some something I hope from that perspective. So in that really weird, like roundabout amorphous answer, it's mostly so I can learn and I like contributing to that gaming community. I didn't want to see Nova go away. And um, that's that's kind of where it grew from there. So how does that compare to you getting involved with Valhalla? Well, Valhalla was me. Ado I adopted Valhalla from oh, okay. um, Blue, pa Blue Table Painting. Uh, Sean 
who ran Blue Table Painting actually originated that event back like long, long time ago. And 2014, I think, was the last event that he was able to have. Nothing happened in 2015. And I was at um, actually LVO talking to a bunch of people about it. And everyone was super sad it didn't work out. And, you know, I'm friends with Sean. So we we had talked about like being able to pick up the event and kind of continue it to go from there. Because, again, it's one of those things I didn't want to see die in the community. I really like these these nice things that we can go do. And that's really where it picked up from there. And was it about what you expected when the first time you tried to pull off Alhalla on your own or was it harder, easier? What was that experience like for you? Um, I'm pretty, well, okay. I'm, Owen won't know this because I've been not as, you know, not as involved with the Nova stuff, but I, I can be kind of a control freak as far as like being involved in the event planning. So I way over planned. I had a contingency for everything. I was a paranoid nutcase who had like anxiety dreams every night from like three months out on in. And, um, but then the event went off, right? And then the event went off actually without a hitch and we were able to, to kind of grow it from there. And, and, you know, it's always a trick learning, learning it, but dealing with say only 50 attendees or something like that, you can really get to hone in a bit on like what everybody wants and you can kind of try to offer, make sure everybody has, has something to do and you can check in on them. Right. Like right. compared to something like this, it'll be interesting to see how you kind of handle whole large groups like that. Has it been overwhelming, Nova? Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Do you think it will be when you get on site? I mean, when when you're there and this is kind of your baby out there? I don't know if I'll be able to go this year. Oh, just stop it. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's I don't know if I want to accept that, but OK. Yeah, we'll have to see. Oh, that'll we'll suck see. if you don't get to make it now. Owen, for you, um, obviously, we talked about you volunteering from very, very early. And um, the whole time I've known you, you were connected with Nova and very involved with it. And a few times tried to rope me into that terrible decision, but I avoided volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, avoided, but now you're an instructor. Now you're a I know, but I always appreciated the fact that you did. Um, we find out it's, you know, he's going to let Nova go put it up for sale. Um, he's moving on. Was it an immediate like, yes, I want to make a, a big, be a bigger part of this or, you know, kind of walk me through how we got from there to now. Yeah. So, and, and like, I, I was, for those that aren't aware, like uh, the big part of this was that like Mike, who has created the Nova open basically was like the dog who caught the car. Like he kind of like landed a job at games workshop. Like he'd been running a convention for years in this space. And I was like, I'm going to go work at Games Workshop. And that's super awesome. And he was like, oh, wait, I can't also run own like my own separate thing that I'm, is a client of me and my job. So um, so he he had to be like, cool, I, I need to step away. Um, and so he reached out to. Like some of starting with some of us longtime volunteers who'd been involved in the in running the event in the past, like being on the board. Um, and like, I mean, it was a process. Like I would, at first I was kind of like, uh, maybe like, I don't know. Uh, it's a different, like, it's definitely a different thing to go from, Hey, I'm, I'm a volunteer and I'm doing lots of stuff to like, I have like a stake in this and like, I'm signing my name on like contracts and stuff for like, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're like uh like 
Makes I you really feel like a hotel. Makes, makes you feel like a grown up, right? Yeah. So <laughs> until he pulls um, out his little toys and rolls dice. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, but like, I think the thing that really drew me in was we had like getting to continue a thing that has been such an awesome part of my life and getting to do it with a lot of the people that I've grown up or have like come to know over the years. Um, and then lots of awesome new people that I didn't know, like Miranda, like Aaron, um, like some new folks that have joined. I was like, oh, I'm really excited at the team that we've assembled to make this possible. Um, and so that that was really what drew me in to be like, yeah, this this is going to be cool. So out of curiosity for both of you, you know, the, the ink dries, right? It's now yours. Um, what is the first meeting like? Like when you find the owners kind of get together for the first time and it's like, oh, shit. Like now what? Uh, so what is what's the initial conversations? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of like, OK, what's our structure? Like how there's I so things that I didn't expect to be learning over the last year is like, how do you set up like corporate governance? Like what are corporate taxes? Uh, how did it's like hiring attorneys to like do stuff to make everything legit work. Um, so there's a lot of that initially of like, get everything squared away. And then the, the focus really pivoted to, all right, cool. So now, now we have this thing, it's time to start like contacting all of our previous staff, like get it, getting the leads, like, Hey, are you still in? If not, like, who can we, who can pick this up? Um, so we're, I'm, I'm so thankful and happy that, uh, so many of our past event leads were like, like, great, it's time to go. Like we're, we're ready. Um, and even in those that weren't, we're like, Hey, here's a perfect replacement for me. So, so how big's the team? How big is the, how many owners are we talking about? Or how many people have stakes? I should say. So there, there's 10 of us who are technically owners of the, of the convention, um, which was good. Cause that kind of like spread it around. Um, there's no, there's no like one person. Um, and many, many hands make light work. Like we've got a lot of folks involved and that also like spreads the risk a little bit. Like I know, I mean, for years, Mike was always like, hey, like you guys are still gonna like be here, right? When I sign this contract that says like, I owe the hotel for the next three years, uh, y'all are still gonna, you're, you're gonna be here, right? Like having it be a group of people makes that, a little more comfortable to do, which I mean, is the point of being an LLC is that you're, you're kind of spreading it around. Um, but, but yeah, I mean the whole, so we have that group and then we have like the wider staff of folks is like 50 people ish. I mean, in various capacities, right? We have, there's a ton of people who are, who show up the week of and make it possible and are critical. Uh, there's, people who do things year round, helping plan things, organize things. Uh, so it's, it takes a village to make something like this possible. You know, obviously, and Miranda, you, you have experienced this twice now. You experienced it with Valhalla when you took that over, you're experiencing it now with, with Nova. Um, I would imagine that when, you know, there's a new sheriff in town, um, there must be a period of time where you go, look, like this is what, 
I liked about Valhalla. This is what I liked about Nova. This is what we want to keep the same. Um, and then before you start trying to change things, I think you'd have to kind of establish that. So maybe starting with Valhalla, can you give me a sense, Miranda, like when you said, OK, I'm going to do this. What was key, what were some key goals that you said, look, this is what made Valhalla great. And I want to make sure that that's part of it with me running it. Ironically, the fact that our Valhalla is non-competitive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I know, right? But, I mean, there's multiple ways to enjoy a game, right? And if you're going to have people living together for five days in this huge log cabin, I think that the decision was made, that, you know, by me, that the making it hyper-competitive or having any reason to have hard feelings at all is just not going to work well. So, um, and I don't know that Valhalla necessarily had like tournament stuff. There was a lot of people who would come in from like the industry and I really wanted to kind of make sure it was focused mostly on, on actual gamers getting to come and attend with a few, you know, other guests here and there getting to elevate the event by specifically interacting with the guests. Um, but I mean, in the case of me, like for Valhalla, it was, it was just like me bouncing ideas off one other person and, and just making stuff happen. In the case of Nova, it's definitely a different um, a different environment because it is more of a team effort and you kind of have to state your reason for doing something and that may or may not happen depending on whether or not it's it's agreed to be the best thing for the convention or if it really makes sense for the specific attendees that are coming. So, um, so yeah, it's it's kind of nice in a way because, you know, I could be like, I don't know, what about this? And they could be like, no, that's a terrible idea. I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. You just do what you want. And then, you know, I, I think that the, um, the tournament, the, I'm sorry, the events and everything that have been planned out have, have, are looking pretty good. Um, most of the seminars were over half on the seminars. That's Is that right? Awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that has, has come out from it. And like Owen said, everybody kind of theoretically, if everyone's on the same page that they want a good event, then you get a good collection of, of, thoughts, diversity of thought in how to elevate that because everyone has the same goal. Nobody's peering at each other. There's no, I mean, I haven't seen any like, you know, pettiness. Everyone's like, no, 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 we really just want this to work. We want everybody to like it. We don't want anybody to think that this was like some meanie head takeover and kicking brand or something weird. It's just, no, this is, this is what it is now. We just wanted to keep it, keep it going. So if I, if I forced you to, uh, to, to decide on this, Miranda, what, what is the Nova Hill you'll die on? So what is it? What do you like want to make sure is part of Nova? And if somebody said, we're going to get rid of this or we're going to change this, you'd be like, no, no, that that's that that's non-negotiable. What what hill would you die on for Nova? I don't know, tournaments, probably. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's obviously like core to Nova. I mean, who, what kind of fundamental change would have to come along to try and take that out of it? So, but I mean, it's. Is everything else in play then, as long as they keep the tournaments? You said one thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I reject your answer and I'm going to ask it again. <laughs> A convention is kind of defined by the fact that it is a multitude of things because you have, in the case of 2019, 2,800 people attending and they all have different reasons for being there. Some of them are only going to be in there for the seminars and to learn cool painting techniques from, you know, whichever guests we have like you, good sir. <laughs> and, and some of them are going to be there because they need their ITC points. So yep. you've got to really have a um, almost like an ecosystem that mm. you keep going. 
mm-hmm. at a convention environment because you also want to make sure that spouses don't feel excluded. You also want to make sure that kids don't feel excluded. Like, And so you need to have something for everyone. And as long as you're doing that and you're not going to say, oh, no, we're going to. I mean, I would I would also highly object to you know, removing everything except the tournaments, because that is not a healthy core to have if you have nothing else. So like I said, you got to balance it. How are for you, Owen, when, you know, when, like I said, when the ink dried and you said, you know, like, these are these are things that I've always loved about Nova. And now that it's changed hands, I want to make make sure it's still part of Nova. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I love that ecosystem metaphor that you have, Miranda, because that there, there's so much truth to that, like, the success of an event is that you have a place, you create space for people who come for all kinds of reasons. There's people who come, they just sign up for anything. They just come because they want to hang out. They want to play board games. They want to like chill with their friends. They spend half the weekend just painting on their own in like the painting haven. You have people that are like a a couple people who are like, I'm an Iron Man every single tournament possible for 40k be like do the 40k do the night things do the invitational like there used to be an award that we gave out to someone who did like every possible 40k thing that you could do concurrently um the like and that's that's like complete opposite ends of the spectrum and it's really important that we have things for everyone in between as well as the people on that spectrum um so like I, I think we wanted to make sure that like all of that is there. Like our the core mission didn't change. And it's that we really value high quality organized play. So we're really into we want to have good competitive tournaments that are run well, um, well, you know, well received, well organized, but we also want informative seminars. And we want to really have like despite the competitiveness or maybe not despite, but like along with it, yeah. along with the competitiveness, we want that to happen in a really welcoming family friendly environment. And we want like with all of those things to create an environment where people come together for a festival of gaming of this thing that we all love. And if we can do that in a way where everyone's having fun and we can raise money to donate to charity at the end, like, this is great. Like, we've succeeded if we've done that. Um, so, uh, Miranda, uh, Marty McFly shows up, throws you in the DeLorean, throws you ahead about eight years, right? And takes you to, to Nova 2030. And you're walking around going, geez, a lot's changed here in these last eight years. What would make you happy? What would you like to see eight years from now happening at Nova that would, would, would make you feel like, you know what? We did good. Oh, gosh. I mean, I think we're kind of already even starting it by both boosting ourselves into another hotel. I mean, we're expanding really well. I'd like to make sure that we continue to, I I don't, to me, like there's a certain sweet spot for conventions. I've been to like PAX before where it's 65,000 people in attendance, Gen Con, 65,000 attendance. It it gets very overwhelming. Like sweet spot would be like 5,000 attendees, you know, over the week. I feel like that would be a really nice, you, you have, breathing room when you're in the vendor hall, but you also like get to just be around a crap ton of people that you get to play different games with and tons of variety and all that. So I think that would be ideal. Uh, totally filling up the hotel, having cool uh, cosplay contests, having like 
you know, war seminars, just being able to expand into the three main elements of gaming primarily and never forgetting the tabletop side of it, like never right. forgetting the actual core of it. You know, board games can do what they're doing. RPGs can do what they're doing, but it, it needs to stay core to the, the tabletop world. Is there an aspect of of tabletop gaming and, and I'm putting a big umbrella here, right? So this include ro- role playing games, board games, miniature games, everything. Are there aspects of this huge tent that you would like to see be a bigger part of Nova at some point? So, I mean, one of the things that I've always loved about Nova is it's focused on gaming, right? It's not a sales convention. It's not a tournament. Con- it's a gaming convention and everybody goes there to play games. But I'd be curious to know if there's aspects of 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 the hobby in general, big capital H, that you would like to see it be a bigger part of, of of the convention, or do you, or is it found its sweet spot? And it's just a matter of getting more people to show up. I would love to see a bigger presence for both RPGs and and board games, like it, and not at all to the like reduction of any of the other parts. But I think like that's part of like the overall growth of that. And like, especially RPGs can tie in uh, the tabletop aspect of miniatures and terrain and as well as just like the lore, the lore, like a lot of those things can come together in that format. And I think it's a way that you can reach other parts of the audience or even have crossover, right? Like there are there's a Malifaux RPG. There's a 40k RPG, right? Like there are those types of games. There's a War Machine RPG. There's a War that's, Machine. That's technically true. There is a War Machine one too. Yeah, I mean, but like, but all of these things, uh, those those kinds of things. I think the other thing that I really, if if we took the time machine and I was like, okay, how have we succeeded? I would love to see more things that fall into the category of things you can't do at home i mean like granted you can't have a 400 person 40k gt at your house but like you can play 40k with your friends but you can't play 40k laser tag in your basement right like we're this year we're doing a giant dread fleet event where it's playing dread fleet but with 28 millimeter scale boats right like that's the thing you can only do at a convention and like from having gone to things like Adepticon or, you know, the PAXs or whatnot, like not necessarily the scale of, or at least like the PAX and the Gen Con, but like the, the spectacle of the like, what is a really cool experience that you can only get when you bring people together from all over the place? Like yeah. those things I would love to see more of over the years as we go. That's a really great point. Although I will, I will, uh, I would suggest in in lieu of expanding board games and RPGs into Nova, those just being uh, maybe some additional conventions in the future you can oh, help run. I know you. that you'd love to do that all the time. She's already, she's already, you already think it's sequels. Spin-off. Sequel, spin-off. Well, <laughs> you know, things get so big and you want to split them off so that they don't ever feel so overwhelming. And that might be something worth considering. Well, and Marina, there's a point to be made there because, you know, part of the attraction for for uh, us is like, you know, I play all three, right? Uh, I love board games. I love role-playing games. I love miniature games. But I only have X number of days at Nova, right? So, there, you know, that time is competing if I've got all three of those. Whereas if I, you know, 
have it a little bit more siloed. Um, I wouldn't necessarily have to have that competition. Our last question before we go to our last break. Uh, the two of you are at the airport. You're at the airport bar having some gin and tonics, and uh, you find out next to you that uh, uh, two other people said, you know what, I can't believe we're buying this convention. What advice would you give them that you wish people had given you guys before you started getting into this business? What did people not tell you before Valhalla not tell you before Nova that you'll now never, you're like, you'll never get told. You don't know until you get in. Everything's so granular and everything's so different. It's almost like buying a house and you're like, oh, I didn't know the wiring was this way or, oh, <laughs> that's new. And you do what you can. You do a certain amount of due diligence and, you know, inspections to keep with the uh, house example. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's always going to be risk. And so what's your risk tolerance? And, you know, do it. Just jump in. I'd, I'd love that house. But you're, man, you're on it with metaphors. This is a silly metaphor person here. Because <laughs> like you come in and you're like, well, oh, you discover, oh, there's some weird plumbing in the walls that I didn't <laughs> think about that like, hey, now we're just going to, we're going to roll with it. Um, I don't, I don't know that I have any like specific advice. It's maybe just like, hey, it's harder than you think. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, well, I was I like Miranda's advice is great, which is do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's well, cool. And I can even add to it. I can go in saying it can potentially be like a completely miserable, horrible experience that's going to make you feel like drained and awful. And then when you wake up like the day of the convention, you see everybody there working. It's one of the most rewarding feelings in the world. I'll definitely second that. I like the trajectory of energy is always and you can't burn radio, so you can't see me like doing hand gestures, but like right before everyone comes it's often like you're at your lowest point we're like what the hell am i doing man like <laughs> so much work like what what is this and then like when you see the joy in people's faces of like you're like oh i've made this possible that's freaking amazing that's awesome like so like that i would say yeah i guess i would say the advice would be stick with it and hold out till like the moment that like the the reward is there of like having the awesome time with people that's very very cool so guys we're gonna take one more break when we get back from this break i want to focus specifically on what's coming up here at the end of the summer so we're going to talk about uh what people can expect when they come to nova we'll be right back You like science fiction, right? You love playing games, maybe even role-playing games. But what if you can't get your friends together for a game night? If you love games like Mothership or Orbital Blues, check out Deadbelt, a card-based space western solo strategy RPG about skillful and desperate scavengers picking over the remains of junked starships in hopes of a juicy payday. In it, you deal with lurking dangers, push your luck, and walk away with enough cred to keep on flying. Of course, you might get eaten by lurking aliens, or run afoul of rival scavengers, or face the murderous ghosts of long-dead spacers. <laughs> no one said life in the dead belt was going to be easy. For more information on this and all of Sean and Abby Drake's games, swing over to a coupleofdrakes.com. The link's in the show notes. 
Um, so, you know, it feels like I, I got, had gone three years to Nova, um, Owen, and really had fallen in love with it. And it became my convention. That's that's what I did every year is I planned around going to Nova. And I might consider going to other ones, but that this was my home convention. And, you know, co- fucking COVID hit and the first one got canceled. And of course, this is temporary. It's not going to last long. I can't wait till next year. And, you know, we went through several years and I don't realize how much I missed it. Um, and you know, now we get a chance to come back. Um, we get to bounce back. I am super excited to come back. My roles changed a little bit as I'm not just an attendee this year, which is exciting, but I want to talk about, I want to talk to people about why when people ask me, Craig, what convention are you going to go to? You're going to go to Gen Con. You're going to go to Adepticon. No, I'm going to Nova and then I might find time for something else. But the one thing that's non-negotiable is Nova. So in general, for people coming back or even for new attendees, um, what can we tell them that they should expect when they come? Why is it so special to use Miranda's words to so many people? Well, actually, I'd like to turn that question back to you, Craig. Oh, Christ. Because like, <laughs> you, what made you choose to adopt Nova of all the things that you could choose? Uh, I kind of leaked it a little bit when I said it, it was just it was so hyper focused on gaming. Like when I, when I came for the first year, I walked around and there was just tables everywhere and people were were playing. So I, it wasn't just a packed, um, you know, dealers hall. And people were carrying around bags of all the new crap that they you know that they were buying that they'll never use. It was people getting together playing games, talking about games. The schedule was games. The seminars had, you know, had just started to kind of become a part of it. They were focused on gaming. I was like, yeah, like this is this is what I love. And and, and this is what I want to, you know, want to do. Um, so that was a big part of it. Um, and to kind of what Miranda, what you touched on, it wasn't an overwhelming size either. So like in a day, I would see the same faces, right? I made new friends, people that I would not have met had I not attended. And then you see them again next year because it's big, but not too big. So, I mean, those are, those are the two big things. And there was a certain, and I, and we got to give credit to him on this. I didn't feel like I was at a convention that was trying to just make money off me being there. It felt like a bunch of friends getting together. And I think it's partially because of the focus on the charity aspect of it, uh, the the tremendous quality of the volunteers and the staff that were a part of it. It just had a different feel to me. Does that, I don't know if that answers my question or not, Owen. Yeah, no. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it because everything you just said is all the things that we want Nova to be, right? Like we... Those of us who volunteered for years and are still volunteering now are like, uh, like it's really been our passion to make an attendee focused event where it's really important to us that, that we're here to create an awesome experience for the people that come. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. And so like for those that are listening, all the game, all the, all the tabletop gaming stuff from past years is back. Uh, and we've added new stuff like there's Battletech stuff now. There's Frostgrave. There's Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, there's even Triumph, which is a really cool, um, like lightweight fantasy battle system that is native to DC that some folks have created. Ton of fun. It's like a very much a beer and pretzels fun kind of uh, lightweight game. Um, and we've added other cool stuff like Laser Tag. We have, so let's talk about that. Yeah, we have 40k themed laser tag this year. Um, a a cool invention of of Games Workshop, and we're super stoked to have that available. Uh, because I mean, who doesn't love laser tag? 
And who doesn't love laser tag with giant oversized orc and space marine guns? Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, that definitely ties into that magic of what you can't get at home, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, so for people that, you know, the, now the one thing I'll tell you is that the schedule events can be a little overwhelming, right? Um, and it's great because there's a ton of different options. So I'd be curious and maybe Miranda for you, what are some key events that are that are going to be happening at Nova that you want to make sure people listening look at and understand and maybe stuff that's already sold out or maybe stuff that hasn't sold out yet that, you know, people listening are going to want to look at um, and, and seek out? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, the 40K Grand Tournament, you want to get in on that. Apparently, it's it's going really, really fast. So if you want to get in on it, like, hurry up and do that to make sure you can get in. It does score ITC points. It's a qualifier. Get in there. Um, apparently, uh, also, the, the winner automatically gets free entry into GW's competitive final this fall. Wow, so if that nice. helps to encourage anybody to... to Pack up your army and risk the plane flight over. Uh, X-Wing also is a qualifier for Worlds and Atomic Mass Games. Is an So what is it? X-Wing this year is a qualifier. So if you are doing the X-Wing stuff, that's also, you know, you're going to be able to help advance your tournament um, tour on, on that. Yeah, and Atomic Mass has been, has been really great, really, for all the... Star Wars stuff for Legion, X-Wing, Armada, as well as Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, They're a great with, group of guys. Yeah, so yeah. We, we've been really pleased working with them. Um, um, there's also like 30K Mini Blam. What is that, Owen? Yeah, so so this is, it's just about full, but like in a, you should definitely come just look at this thing. Um, so this is, thirty the, the 30K Heresy folks organize crazy battles of all titans and super heavies so they'll have everyone who signs up has one giant apocalypse battle and it's like bring all of your your titans bring all of your planes bring all like the crazy shit you have and they're like we're gonna have one giant unrestricted battle go nuts um, oh my god all so the big like stompies. <laughs> yeah it is a spectacle right like i I personally would probably not want to play in it because like it's going to be absolute chaos. But like if you either enjoy playing with your super heavies that you otherwise never have a chance to pull out or you just want to be like gawk at the giant toys, like show up and check that out. So that's on Friday evening um, in uh, in the main ballroom on the bottom level of the Hyatt. So if you're coming and you're not even if you're not playing that, you should go check it out and be like, oh, wow, this is cool. Well, another oh. quick spectacle I'm going to inject in here, and I'll never forget the first time, and it's one of the first places I go every single year, and I bet you, Owen, oh, you know what I'm going to say, is the Lord of the Rings boards. The boards that the, the, the people that play Lord of the Rings, the terrain boards that they bring and they set up are just awe-inspiring, gorgeous terrain boards, whether you play mini games or not. It's unbelievable. It's the best. It's, it's the best terrain, like, hands down. Um, and it's it's been a labor of love of Devin Moreno and the crew of folks that he works with. Like it's gorgeous. That, that is a game system that like several years ago, like he pitched like, Hey, I want to do some Lord of the Rings stuff. And we're kind of like, what Lord of the Rings? Like who the hell? Play? No one plays played. that anymore. <laughs> we're like, fine. And he showed up and he, he like sold out his event and he brought all these people in this amazing train. We're like, Oh my God, this is incredible. So like it, that has been one of the one of the jewels of Nova Open. Um, so, so here's my hot take that'll piss some people off. It is today, to this day, the best rule system that has ever come out of GW. 
I will I will die on that hill. I will That's die on the hill. <laughs> I'm just going to say where I where I left it, Miranda. You said the silent part out loud, but it is it is the best game they've ever put out. It's 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 it is it's not a great game, but it's a really good game, and it's a lot better than any of their other games. Um, so that I makes me well, happy. It's the people that make a game work. I mean, a rule set can survive a lot, and the fact that and and that's one of the cool surprises about having these really cool people that have actually come on board to help make Nova happen. Like Devin knew about this whole thing that nobody else did, but then he kind of elevated the event for, for having it over. So. Now, of course we can't forget one of the most important things about Nova happening are your seminars, Craig. <laughs> yeah. So I'm teaching a few things um, just real quick and you guys will hear about it again, you know, closer to it. So I'll be uh, part of the panel for the designing man of kind of the host of the designing Malifaux panel um, that is happening on Friday and then uh, teaching a seminar on th the Thursday for how to up your GM skills. Does your pacing suck? Um, so I'll be talking about how to maybe try a few things that you haven't tried as a game master before um, things that have worked well for me. Um, it'll be very interactive, um, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, also be teaching a seminar uh, just in that evening on Thursday on five simple steps to learn a new RPG. People that have been listening to me and watching me on Twitch and stuff like that know that I'm I'm not a big D&D guy. I think that there's just so many games out there that, to play, and um, I've gotten really good at learning games because I play a lot of different RPGs. And I want to share some of the ways that I have done that where I can could do it because for I think it's a barrier for a lot of people. They get stuck playing the same system because they're afraid of learning a new system. Um, and then I'm running uh, oh, another seminar on podcasting so for those of you that are into podcasting want to get into podcasting uh i've got secrets to starting and growing your own podcast and then i'll be also running a uh, game of mothership which is right now is full um and then i'll be also running a game of call of cthulhu which is not full yet um so get in there while you can Call of Cthulhu is fun. Yeah, I'm doing, um, I'll be doing one that I did on the stream, which is, uh, it's actually Call of Cthulhu. And it's kind of a Stranger Things, you play 11 year olds. And uh, you, ha you are dared, you are dared to spend a night in the spooky house on the outskirts of town, which means nothing could go wrong. Nothing. Um, and it's a great four hour run. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of fun. So. Love it. Um, so other than my stuff, obviously, um, Owen and Miranda, what, what is what is criminally under attended right now? So when you guys look at the seminars and the events that are out there and you look at how many tickets have been bought, what's a crime that it is not already sold out in your mind? Um, so, so I would seminars are doing well overall and we have a lot sold out, but there are a lot of spots still available for amazing painters. So like, go check it out. We have, I think, at currently like 70 different seminars available. Like it's it's a ton. Um, so check those out and take keep an eye on the newsletter because we may be adding a couple more things here and there. Um, so do do definitely check those out and grab seminar tickets while you can, um, because those do tend to sell out the closer to the event that we get. Um, I would say AOS players, we've expanded the number of spots that you can get. Um, so go grab those while you can. That's part of the expansion in the second hotel is, is setting that up. So definitely get in on the key there. Um, I do want to touch actually speaking to the other hotel, we haven't really touched on that. Um, 
For those who've been to Nova Open in the past, this is in the Hyatt. We've expanded across the street. It is literally, and I timed this with a stopwatch, a four and a half minute walk from the middle of the 40K hall in the Hyatt to the middle of the main ballroom in the Renaissance Hotel. So like, and you took a stopwatch to figure that out? I did, because I, I wanted to clock, I wanted to walk it. <laughs> we had to get you another it. hobby, brother. <laughs> yeah, make sure that it was like, I was like, is, is this going to be reasonable? Yes, it is extremely close. You don't get to be the board by estimating things, okay, <laughs> Craig? Right. There must be Come on, Craig, we're professionals Craig. here. <laughs> I, I pre-measure, Craig. <laughs> I pre-measured, nice. Well done, well done. Um, but yeah, no, so, but that's allowing us to do a couple of cool things. One is increase the size of the AOS stuff. So we were able to do a bunch more AOS stuff than we were otherwise able to do. The second thing that that's letting us do is we're creating a new, a brand new social hangout space this year we're calling the Nova Cantina. Um, and so um, this is going to be a much larger area where we have space for hangouts, casual gaming. We're going to be running some like trivia night stuff. We're going to be, we have some magic commander meetups. We're probably going to do some stuff where we do like the 40 K themed commander decks. Like, Hey, bring a, bring a pre-con and like play your 40 K commander magic. Um, so like, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening over there. Um, so one, you want to go check it out. And two, we're going to, depending on when exactly this airs, either already or soon, um, we'll be putting on pre-sale um, food and drink tickets for that in order to make it really fast to get beverages. Uh, there will be full bar service there. Um, so in order to make that quick and easy, we're going to be using like a tickets system. So you just get a bunch of tickets and then you don't even have to pull out your credit card. You're just like, hey, here's some tickets for a drink here's some tickets for a sandwich here's some tickets for a coffee whatever um so like that's that's going to be uh a way that you can like pre-buy that and get it at when you check in um so that's all going to be a, a whole new cool thing uh this year so miranda for the very few people listening that have never gone to your youtube channel wh where do they go and what will they find when they get there Right now, a bunch of me yapping on live streams about movies I hate, but I run a YouTube channel, War Gamer Girl. If you just type in War Gamer Girl on YouTube, I'll come up and I have battle reports up on there for some, um, I'm getting back into Brawl Machine actually to, to kind of rekindle some of the 40k, uh, the War Machine stuff, but also I'm going to have Combat Patrol. I have Space Hulk battle reports on there and um and then some painting stuff and review. I'm also doing some reviews. I'm actually currently reviewing the uh, Warhammer Imperia magazine. Nice. Nice. And if um, we hear about this Valhalla and we're like, holy crap, that's it. I'm going this year and I decide I want to go. Where do I go to go? Well, we do have the Valhalla in the fall website. I do need to update that. I would just say um, you can reach out to me at wargamergirl at gmail.com for questions on that. We are full this year for Valhalla. That's great. So, um so keep an eye out for 2023. All right. Beautiful. And Owen, um, if I wanted to listen to what I think is the best podcast about Malifaux that's out there right now, do you have any recommendations? Uh, yeah. So you should definitely check out the Capital City Crew podcast. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook and or in wherever you get your podcasts. I will also put in a plug for the United States Faux Tour, uh, which we inherited from you, Craig. Uh, and also, we'll be running the very first ever 
at long last Masters <laughs> tournament uh, at Nova this year. So if if you are listening and you're a Malifaux player, send us your battle reports. We need more tournament reports. We cannot let only Texas completely dominate. Yeah, you the guys slots. can't let that happen. Come yeah. on. Come on. Um, the, the last thing Texas wants is to feel like they're better than they really are. Exactly. So if you're not from Texas, send us your tournament reports. Show if you're up. from Texas, you, you've done enough. You're good. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Um, and of course, they can go to uh, Nova. Was it Nova Dash Open? Uh, Just Nova that? Open, all one word. NovaOpen.com. And everything we've talked about, guys, you know, you can scroll right now, and it'll be all in the show notes. Uh, oh, and it was great seeing you again, man. I appreciate you making the time, and I can't wait uh, to see you. And it's it's weeks, not months now. I know it's ten weeks. That's crazy. That's crazy. And Miranda, it was finally great to have you on the show. I appreciate you making the time. Thank you for having me. It was really nice. And for those of you, you listened all the way to the end. I appreciate you too. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to Tabletop Talk and share it with your friends. Check out our content on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and stay updated on everything coming from Third Floor. All the links are in the show notes. Take care, Floorheads. Uh, Oh, hey. Are you still here? Wow. Um, well, the episode is over, but if you're bored, why not go to patreon.com and support the show for as little as a dollar a month? Yeah, you can just scroll down, scroll down and yeah, get the link. It's Patreon that makes this and all of our other content possible. Don't you want to join the other floor heads on the Patreon discord? Anyway, thanks for sticking around. Take care.